Let's talk to the man now himself, former Tennessee Titan Hall of Fame football player and now the new head coach for the Lipsum Academy Mustangs, Kevin Mawai. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, guys, glad to be with you. Uh, excited about being back in Middle Tennessee, man. Let's go. Yeah, so first off, I mean, it, it, was that in the thought process when you were getting into this role or, or considering? Because obviously you had some NFL stints of coaching uh, with the Colts and, and even mixed in with Arizona State for college. Uh, but did you have a thought, okay, I want to get into head coaching to do I want to go to Nashville or was it just like you saw Trent Dilfer leaving and said this is perfect time? How did that work out? No, I, uh, you know, I started when I left Nashville, I moved back to Louisiana. I got out of football altogether for a year, just kind of reevaluate who I was at. And we moved there back home. We left middle Tennessee area to go back home so that my kids can grow up around their mamas and papas and Mimi and papas and, and be around family. And so while I was there, I took a year off and then I actually volunteered at LSU. And through that, I started training guys, much like a lot of these guys around here are doing now. And I built the clientele up, up to like 40 guys, junior high, all the way to pro guys. And it was fun and enjoyable coaching four guys at a time, five. And I was like, you know what? The challenge is to take five guys and make them an offensive line unit. That's a, a, a very good unit. And so that's when I decided, you know, I'm going to try to climb these ranks and see if I can get to the NFL level and, and become an NFL offensive line coach. And, and so I kind of took it as like a seven-year, eight-year process to where I finally got my first NFL job, um, true NFL assistant line job, and my next step would have been to get my own room. And um, I was really not looking forward, looking – I wasn't looking to get back into high school, college ball and really didn't think about high school other than, like, the most time I ever had – the most fun I ever had coaching was coaching high school kids and junior high kids. And um, so – yeah, I got a buddy of mine was here on staff at Lipscomb with Trent Dilfer and a guy that I played with way, way back in Seattle, and we've been great friends ever since, and our families are, are good friends. And and um, he's like, hey, you need to apply for this job. I was like, he goes, I'm not going with Trent, but I'm going to stay here, and I want you to be head coach. I said, well, why don't you do it? And, you know, we just kind of went back and forth. And I was actually in town on December 10th. for our, It was our bye weekend when I was at the Colts. And Trent had just had just left and was putting his staff together there, and and they kept my friends here kept trying to tell me you need to be the head coach, da da da. da. And I'm like I'm not doing it, and then I will go back to work. So we've got like six more games left in the season or whatever it is, and and um I get a I get a text message about a week later, and, and it's the head of the school, Brad Schultz, and say hey this is who I am. Um, your name was brought to our attention as somebody we we might want to reach out to and contact in terms of. You know, head coach. I didn't respond to him. Left him on. Yeah, you know, I didn't even. He didn't know whether I left him on read or read it because I, I have notifications where you can't tell what I've read your email. Same text message. <laughs> and um, it's nobody's business if I open your text message. Or not. Exactly, I, Kevin. We're all, we're right, right on board. No, you're you're <laughs> the go. You're the go. You can so, hang out with us anytime. <laughs> I just like like uh, you know what? I just sometimes you just don't want to answer right away. Straight and up. I didn't, and I just that was just something I just wasn't prepared to have that conversation. Because in my mind, I'm like, I'm riding this NFL thing out. In this season, I'm go through the cycle, see what happens. And if, you know, somebody needs a coach, maybe I'll be available. And and um, and then as the season went on, like a week or two weeks later, I get a, I get a, a, a FaceTime call from Brad Schultz, the head of the high school. And and I'm like, God, this dude's really, he's FaceTiming me. And so I, I, had, a, I had a lull in my day at work. It was a, like a, a Monday or Tuesday, which is game planning days. And I'm like, let me just, I'll call him back. So I FaceTimed him back. Like, and then when I FaceTimed, he answered it, 
And he's like, I'm so sorry. He goes, I didn't mean to FaceTime you. So really it was a butt dial. It was a butt dial where he FaceTimed me and he hung up. And so I just answered and called him back. And that was our first real conversation. And um, he's like, hey, you know, your name came up. You know, we don't know if you'd even be interested in this. It's something you want to think about. I said, look, just give me a week. Let me think about it a couple of days, whatever, and I'll get back to you. And then I was contacted and asked if, if I'd be willing to come down and actually do an interview. And then that in-between time, just talking with my wife and just a lot of prayer, really, to be honest with you, about what's next in my career and do I really want to ride this NFL thing out. If I was 30 years old and younger, I could do it. But at my age, I was like, man, I've worked too hard to, to put myself in position to be joyful in what I'm doing. And right now I wasn't having a lot of joy. It's like the fighter coordinator, fighter head coach, our tight ends coach left. I became interim tight ends coach. We're losing. There's no chance of us getting in the playoffs. I'm working till midnight every night. I'm like, there's, there's, there's more joy in football than this. And I'm not having it right now. And, and so I agreed to the interview, came down, uh, Planned to sign mission to get me here without anybody knowing I was on campus and being around and and the way I wanted it and you know a week later they offered me the job and so here I am three weeks two weeks later and and um on my first official day today so yeah that's how it all happened. What is the difference for you going from that pro level because you've kind of touched all the spectrums obviously as a player as as a coach and then also the the executive side of it if you will the the business side of being the player uh what is that difference for you going from that level to a high school rank like how will you change an approach of how you talk to the guy i mean essentially you're going to be talking to kids as it is high school yeah well, I coached junior high kids, and actually at the school I was at in Louisiana, they, their program started in fourth and fifth grade, or the fifth and sixth, and then seventh and eighth, and I actually coached the fifth and sixth grade, so we considered that lower junior high school, and um, and I had a blast, and, I, and I, I, what I learned at, at coaching those kids, like, you have to simplify the game, like that high level of knowledge that you have as an NFL player who played a long time is learning how to simplify the language so they can do exactly what you want them to do without making it so complicated. And, and that's what I did. My, I joke around. It's like everybody that wants to think they want to go into coaching should go coach junior high kids first. I'm not talking about Pop Warner and, and that kind. I'm talking about go coach junior high kids and simplify your terminology, simplify your language, and get them to do exactly what we want you to do them at a very high level at that age. And if you can do that, then you can communicate whatever you want to college, high school, and pro guys all the day long. And, and that's kind of the approach that I took. And it was always how I learned it, keep it as simple as possible and don't make it complicated. And so coming back down to this level, from, look, everybody thinks the NFL is complicated, but the reality of it is what's complicated is formationally and things like that. But a three-by-one is the same as a three-by-one in college and high school. The only thing different is the hash marks. But the game is still the same game that we've all been playing since we were kids. And the only thing in the NFL, you spend all day studying one coverage against somebody and how you pick apart that one coverage. You just don't have that time in high school. But the thing that's different is those guys are expected to know it. And you take it as hard as you need to hard get it to get it done. Here, these guys, you're learning, you're developing them, you're developing them as young men, you're developing them as people, you're developing them as players last and that's the least important thing but you know all the while you're trying to win championships and so my goal coming down this level has more to do with developing the young man as a whole um holistically and who he is as a person as a student as an athlete as a, as a brother as an uncle whatever it might be 
because for many of these guys, we all know the statistics, maybe you know, out of the 58 guys, 88 guys that put on a uniform on Friday night, maybe two of them will ever make it to the NFL. But the other 86 guys need to be productive members of society and to be able to, to be an, a life influence in a way like that, I mean, you just can't, you can't do any better than that. You know, be an influence, be a role model, and be the guy that's like, man, I remember Coach Mawai had me, and this is what I learned from him. That speaks more volumes about who I am as a coach than any guy that goes to the NFL or who I might have coached on the offensive line. Coach, did you ever coach in one of those? Um, I try to do my research, but I, I just have to ask you, since I got you on air, did you ever coach in one of those college all-star games? I've coached in the NFLPA game like four times. I okay. mean, I was, a, I was a play caller. I was offense coordinator three years ago with Marv Lewis when I was at ASU. The, that game started off as the NFL, was at the Texas All-Stars versus whatever, and that was the first foray of the NFLPA going into the All-Star game, and so I've actually coached in like three or four of those games. A lot of those guys that I've coached in those games went on to play in the NFL. So, yeah, I've coached in those, and, um, yeah. That's probably where I initially heard, heard of you from because I knew it was one of those games. I came out of Vanderbilt and played at a CGS, which was a little bit of a lower-level one. But a few of my buddies played NFLPA, so we always tell stories, and I guess uh, I guess that's where I got your name from, Small World. Also, have you met uh, Grant Williams yet? He was the O-line coach. Well, first of all, you how, how old are you? So, like, for your first time for me to hear about me at the NFLPA game, how old are you? Just out of curiosity. 20, what am I, Zach? 26? 26. <laughs> well, hey, man, we're a young show, Kevin. I'm 29, he's 26. <laughs> well, I, just so you, I did play in the NFL, and I did play for the Tennessee Titans for four years, and my last season in the NFL was the year that Chris Johnson ran for 2,006 yards. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I had a great career as a player, but I, I, mean, I started coaching. I Like I said, I left, I retired in 2009. 2010, I was a volunteer analyst coach working with, you know, assistant offensive line with Vanderbilt. I coached at Montgomery Bell Academy for a year and a half until we made the decision to move back to Louisiana and be with my family and my wife's family. And then so I took a year off, uh, 14 and 15. I coached junior high ball. 16, I went to the Chicago Bears as, a, as an intern for the summer, coaching internship, and I stayed for the entire season. And then 17, I was out. 18, 19, and 20, I was at ASU, assistant offensive line coach and offensive analyst. And then 21 and 22, I was assistant O-line coach with the Colts. So this hasn't been a just, oh, Kevin Wise out there, let me hire him. This has been a seven, eight, nine-year journey for me, mm-hmm. learning, how, learning how to become a coach. It's one thing to be a great player, but not all great players make great coaches. Mm. But And there's so much more that goes in, involved in coaching the game of football and you know and so yeah so i've been around the block a little bit man you're you're like my kids are older than are young older than you are so uh so i don't take offense to you not knowing who i am but yeah you, you would have dug a little bit deeper you would have found out a little bit more about me so. no i know hey coach i know what you've done i wanted to know if i personally crossed your path in my own journey oh I, yeah i don't know so um but i did i coached an nfl pa the NFLPA game, like maybe three or four times or something like that. So yeah. it, it could have that we have, or or I met, you know, maybe coach one of your teammates or something like that. I don't know. Well, coach, talk about, so. and this is this is my last question, but talk about because when you're a player and you reach the height of heights, you're you're a Hall of Famer and you were one of the yep. you know Tennessee legend. Now you're at the bottom of the totem pole. It's like when people are the best in their high school, they go to college. You got to climb, even if you're four or five star, you get to the NFL. You know, you're still a rookie. Talk about having that, you know, I can. I already know you had that sense of humility 
to kind of re find a form, find a grind, become a student of a thing again in your coaching career, and just talk about that journey and where, how it finishes up at Lipscomb. Here. Well, I think so. The challenge for a guy that played in NFL a long time, like myself or Trent or anybody like that, was that when you go into the coaching ranks, particularly at the pro level, there are a lot of guys that don't want you to be part of the program. Even in high school, like there are some challenges in the high school ranks where like, was this guy really willing to do the grunt work and all that kind of stuff? And, and it really, to be honest with you, it's a little, uh, you know, it's a little discouraging to say the least. And, and almost, uh, you know, it's, it's frustrating because, I didn't get to be an NFL player by being a guy that wasn't willing to work hard and willing to do the dirty work. And so I've been told before the reason why nobody wants to hire you is because you didn't come up the hard way the way we did as mm-hmm. a grunt GA doing all the dirty work and the copy rooms and stuff like that. And I was like, okay. So because that's the way you were treated, you're going to choose not to hire somebody with the experience that I have as a player because you couldn't do what I did as a player. Mm-hmm. So you're going to choose to go the opposite route and get a bunch of guys that came up that way. And, and so there's this thing that and former players deal with that on a regular basis. That's the reason why there's not more former players coaching in the NFL is because they're looked down upon as like they're not willing to do the work that us coaches have come up the hard way of done. Like mm-hmm. sitting in the copy room at 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night, making copies and drawing cards and stuff like that. And for those of us who actually get through that period of our life and our career, like, oh, wow. He's like, well, yeah, you know, you proved yourself. Or I shouldn't have had to prove anything anyways. I did it at the highest level. What do, you, what do you think made me get there? You know that kind of thing, and and then um, and so so it, there were some frustrating moments in that in that journey of mine, and um, and then get to get to the point, like you know, I work too hard to get to where I want I'm at and be miserable about what I'm doing, but to come back down to the high school level where football is a little bit more pure, it's a little bit different here at Lipscomb because. It, it's really, it's been ran like a, a miniature college program mm-hmm. um, in the way it's been ran and financed and things like that. So there's a little bit more expectations here. But it's uh, for me, it's definitely not a step down for me. It's like it's where I need to be and where I'm purposed to be. And for me, it was a lot of prayer, and it's where God has called me. And for those that live in the spiritual realm, they know what I'm. You know, they know what I mean when I say this is where God has placed me for this journey in my life, and and to give back to a game that I love so much. Well, you have a good message about value and the way you find value in things. It's not like you're chasing money and you talked about wanting to have your own room. You just, you know, you want to make an impact and you want to have value and that's what gives yep. you and that's what gives you purpose. So I think you should share the story with as many people as you can. I'll pass it back 100%. to Rick Hosack. That's what yeah, I, I plan to do, man. Yeah. Uh, I want to get yep. one more question out of you, Kevin. And this one, move it. I want to move it away a little bit from the high school side of it because there's been a big kerfuffle, if you will, if I can use a school word, uh, the Tennessee Titans switching at their stadium, Nissan Stadium, from our, uh, from grass to turf. That's that's the big news that's happened here. You obviously played, I think, when you were playing. Here you go, just to date date me more. I think I had just got pr- puberty while you were at the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. But uh, they, I think when you played, it was LP Field, if I remember right. So LP yeah, Field, yeah. when you were there. It well, had LP Field at Nissan Stadium is what it was. That's yeah, right. So. That's right. Okay, so yeah. when when you were there, you obviously played on grass. What are your thoughts on that? Because there is a strong contingent of players that have complained about turf, but the Tennessee Titans for a long time tried to keep their their real grass, but now moving away from that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think one, guy players do prefer playing on grass, but it, it, there's some situations it just doesn't make like. 
Pittsburgh putting grass in their stadium just doesn't make sense. I mean, it's going to turn to mud. And several years ago, and you might have been too young to remember it, the field was so bad, a ball from a punt hit the ground and stuck four inches deep into the grass. <laughs> and, and so there are some situations where, where you just it just doesn't make sense. Now, I prefer playing on grass. I will say my practice fields at the at uh, Baptist Sports Park, which is now whatever St. Francis or whatever St. Thomas, yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, you know, they're, the practice fields are better than the game fields, mm-hmm. and you know the deal with with uh, Nissan Stadium is that fields you know shared with TSU and the game. As much as they try to make the grass good, it was never a great field. It was always chewed up. I know they replaced it two times, maybe twice a year, every season that I was there. And there's more paint on the field than there was grass blades. But like, and I know the studies have been done. The, the rate of injury on turf fields versus grass is almost equal to one another, but the player's perception is everything. Um, I've seen studies when I was a player, you know, player president of the PA, and even as a player rep prior to that, you know, I saw studies on turf and the amount of studies that they do on the turf versus the artificial grass and stuff like that. And, um, and at the end of the day, you've you got to have a playing surface that's going to last and it's going to look good for TV aesthetics and stuff like that. But um, uh, if I'm playing in December, I want to play on a solid turf. I don't want to be playing on dirt that's been painted over, and that's kind of what's been going on at LP Field for years. And it's not a knock on a field and grounds crew. It's just that the way it is the weather here. Grass just doesn't grow at the weight they needed to, as opposed to Arizona, where they pull the tray out, let it sit in the sunshine in the middle of you know December, October, November, whatever, and you have perfect grass all year round. You just can't do that in some climates, and Tennessee happens to be one of them. I think it's a smart move. Kevin, thank you so much for jumping on with us. We're going to obviously get you on more, especially when we get into I look forward to meeting you once we get into high school coverage and all that kind of fun stuff as it gets going. I think uh, Lipscomb Academy has a very bright future, especially with you at the helm. Thank you so much for jumping on with us, brother. Sounds great. Appreciate you guys having me, and uh, you guys have a great day and great evening. And um, any parent that's looking for a great school and a great football program, we'd love to have you come up and visit us and, and check out what the school has to offer. So that's my sales pitch right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm sending them down there. Don't worry. We're going right, to be uh, – Sounds great. We'll send you the invoice. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Good talking to you guys. Thanks, buddy. Good stuff there, Kevin Y, Hall of Famer, NFL. I love it, too. 